0: Hello, learners! Welcome to Classroom on Phone series, Gogo's learning podcast, a pre recorded learning program where learners are taught science subjects with the aim of enhancing the love and practice of science in students. I'm your teacher, Wani Alfred, and today we are going to talk about physics under the topic forces. We'll discuss the ins and outs of forces and offer you a special surprise at the end. And be sure, seriously, to listen all the way through for the details. Hello, learners. Have you ever done an activity at home or with your friend or family member? hmm I know active students like you should have, of course, done some of these activities, such as pushing a car when it actually got stuck in mud, pushing a wheelbarrow, Pulling a goat or a cow while holding from the rope? Moving a chair from one place to another? Pulling or pushing your friend whenever you're actually playing together, right? Well, all these activities happen because of forces applied on an object. So what is a force? I know smart students like you can already define what force is. A force is a pull or a push exerting on an object. Now, let's see what happens when we do this activity for three minutes. Can you please move a chair from one room to another within your compound? What happens to the chair? Please tell me what happens. Or you can also tell your family member what actually happened. I know active students like you already know what I'm actually referring to about forces. In the example above, our physical quantity is the chair that you moved from one house to another, which means that the chair's state of being rest has changed since it was moved from one room to another. Let's look at another interesting activity we normally do at home for some minutes. Your mother sends you with a wheelbarrow to go and carry water from the borehole. What happens? Normally, when you're pushing the wheelbarrow with empty jerrycans, it's light and in most cases you're speeding up. Why? I know intelligent students like you already know the answer because you do push those wheelbarrows, right? Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's because the jerrycans are empty and light, thus you were actually accelerating. Now. When you fill your jerricans with water and place them on the wheelbarrow, you will be pushing them back home. You realize actually you'll end up slowing down because it's heavier now. Thus, you're decelerating now. In this case, our physical quantity is the jerrican. Why? I know a clever student like you knows the answer because their body state keeps changing. That is why, and that's actually when, it's empty. It's light, and when it has water, it's actually heavy. Because your body state keeps changing, that's when it's empty, it's light, and when it has water, it's heavy. Now, from our activity, we define force as it is a physical quantity that tends to change the body's state of rest or in motion that's to say it accelerates or decelerates so a force is given by the formula force is equal to mass times acceleration its si unit that's to say international system of unit is called newton so do you apply a force in pushing or pulling Yes, of course you do so. Now, are you as excited like me as far? Aha, uh-huh. I'm sure you are. Well, let's look into the types of forces and how we apply it every day. Types of horses. Now, what happens when you jump up? Will you remain up there? Or you fall off to the ground? Mm. You fall, right? yes of course you do okay now in five minutes let's do something collect these materials a stone a ball make a ball from paper or or keys or anything just around you that you can use to make a ball Hmm? some people like making balls from stockings huh (laughs) yeah but just make a ball small sticks a pen and a book now this is our procedure my good students within your compound collect any materials such as stones small sticks and make a small ball from paper, keys or you know, stockings as I said earlier. After collecting these materials and making the small ball, throw them up. What happened? Now use your pen with the book to write your observation. Well, I know active students like you. I've already observed and written something down in their observation books I know you have seen what happened to those materials which you have thrown upwards isn't it those objects all fall to the ground right yes this is because there is a strong force acting on those objects that pulls them down onto the ground and this type of force is called gravitational force because it always acts upon objects being pulled downwards is a force due to gravity do you know what gravity is aha okay is gravity is defined as a force that acts on objects because of its being attracted to the center of the earth I repeat gravity Is defined as a force that acts on objects because of its being attracted to the center of the earth. So the force exerted to a body or object due to gravity is given by the formula F is equal to mg, where F is force in newtons, m is mass in kilograms. And gravitational force is equal to acceleration due to gravity. And you know, G is acceleration due to gravity. Uh Aha. And its SI unit is N stroke kg. Right? Uh Aha. Now, if you know, for example, the mass of a ball or stone that you threw up as 2 kilograms, or two kg's, and the force for falling down is three newtons. Then force of that particular body is going to be mg, which is three newtons times two kilograms, which is going to be six newton per kilogram. Okay. Now there we have found our what? A gravitational force. I know in your compound at home you have trees, right? Now let's see this. What happens when a leaf of a tree is falling off onto the ground? Please take time and do your observation on leaves falling off a tree. Write your observation and the type of force you have observed in your notebook. I will come and visit you at home and mark your answers. So, next type of force. In our daily lives, we normally do the following activities. Let's see which force applies here. First, when your clothes are very dirty, what do you do to keep them clean? I know clever sense like, you know the answer, you need to wash them, right? Yes. So, you have to apply a force in the process of washing so that you can remove dirt from the clothes to be clean. And sometimes, the old clothes tear or wears off that. That is is why actually sometimes their colors fade away. Or, the color changes, isn't it? Yes, it is. And do you know why? It's because of the force you exert on the clothes every time you wash them to remove the dirt. These tears, wears off, and fadings are a result of a certain type of force called friction of force. Okay? So this is one other type of force that we have realized that exists. Another interesting example is, do you know what happens to the soles of our shoes or slippers when you wear them every day? Please check the soles of your sleepers right now. And also check your shoe uh, in the house. Okay? What do you say? <laughs> I know those who have new shoes will be like, I have not seen anything. <laughs> but check those old shoes. I'm sure smartsense like you already observed the wearing off of the soles of your shoes, right? And sleepers. And they become smaller. I'm sure you must have observed that the soles of your shoes and sleepers wears off and have become very small. And do you know why? It's because... You use force in walking, and this is also frictional force. Now, we define frictional force as the resistive force which opposes the motion of an object. I repeat, friction force is the resistive force which opposes motion of an object. This is because frictional forces is directed along the surface to oppose the direction of the intended force. Why? Something you should note down is frictional force depends on the type of surface in contact and then how hard the surfaces are pressured together. For example, when washing clothes, your hands are in contact with the cloth and when walking, your feet are in contact with the ground. There is a frictional force that acts between your hands and the clothes of your feet and the ground. Okay, (laughs) now let's go for some activity. Materials that you need for this activity are a pen and a notebook only. Okay, so procedure. Let's see what's going to happen in this particular one. Put your hands together and rub them together. What do you observe? Do you feel pressure? If yes, which force is it? Please write down all your observations, your notebook and the type of force. I will come visit you within five days to actually mark your answer. Okay, so far. We have looked at the two types of forces, that's gravitation and frictional force, right? Gravitation and frictional force. Now, let's look at our next activity and explore other types of forces. Please get your pen and notebook ready for this exciting activity for some few minutes here okay let everybody cut some small pieces of paper and then get your pens out and rub it on your hair strongly for 20 seconds okay now place the rubbed pen near the small papers pieces of paper what do you see have you seen what happens the pen attracts those papers right yes this means The pen has been charged by your hair. Now, you leave the pen to stay for 30 seconds. After rubbing it on your hair, what do you see? Have you seen what happens? The pieces of paper fall off. This means there's a force that can attract or repel, okay? And this type of force is called electrostatic force. Electrostatic force is defined as the force of attraction and repulsion between charged bodies. Is it clear now? Can we continue to our next exciting activity? Uh-huh. Here's another exciting example of what happens when it normally rains in Juba. In Juba, I have noticed that most of us actually throw our rubbish in streams or cores. Uh, so, so that when it rains, the rubbish is then carried away to the River Nile. Now, have you seen the running water in the streams or core? carrying some dirt such as polythene bags, woods, leaves, or bottles, on the water surface. Yes, as observant students, I know you have actually seen that during the rainy seasons in Juba. Sometimes we'll be floating uh, while others actually sink down. For those objects that float, they are light and have less weight. Well, There's a certain type of force that acts upwards uh, from the water which opposes its weight of the objects and this force is actually called upthrust force. Upthrust force. Upthrust force. U-P-T-H-R-U-S-T. Upthrust force is defined as an upward acting force caused by fluid pressure that opposes an object's weight. Here, fluid can refer to air, water, cooking oil, engine oil, among others. I know you have seen these floating objects in rivers, uh, streams, when it's actually a rainy season, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, as observant students, I want us to do a small activity for actually two minutes, and then we move on. Please inform mama or your guardian that you need small cooking oil from the kitchen. Get water in a small cup, a pen, and a notebook. Then, get the Z and pour it in the cup that has water. What do you see? Please write down your observation and also the type of force that is acting on the water. Okay? I will visit you. Come and mark this work. Uh Until now, we have learned that the things thrown upwards falls down because of gravitational force. We have also learned that walking, washing, rubbing, sweeping, you know cleaning, stopping. These are actually frictional forces uh, or friction force that acts between the surface in contact. Feel free to do several observations uh, within your surrounding about forces and write them down in your notebook. We have also learned that objects tend to float on water surface and some of the objects may sink down due to upthrust force and rubbing plastics objects on your hair can attract small pieces of paper this is due to electrostatic force you are indeed brilliant students in my class and i have enjoyed this lesson with you i like the way you students have participated in those activities next time we meet we shall learn the effects and resultants of forces but for now i have an activity to give you please select five friends of your family or any of your friends as well for this activity you and uh, and your other four friends or family members are asked to do this activity. So you are asked to compete by pulling a rope. It's fun, right? Aha, the materials you need is a pen, notebook, your four friends or family members, a rope, and a referee. Should be one of your friends. That could be a referee. Mm, but you're not cheating this game. Okay. So what you're going to do is ask your parents about your masses or your kilograms. Get a rope about eight meters. Draw a line and mark the middle you and your friends should stand at side a and three of your friends or family members should stand at side b both of you pulling the rope a referee who is that friend of yours who shouldn't cheat will be there to blow a whistle clap their hands uh, for you to start actually the competition so that you can start pulling uh, each other the winners is the side that pulls the other side crossing the drawn line? And the questions will be which side will win the competition? What will happen if the rope breaks? What is your total mass with your friends? And what is the total mass of your side or the other three friends? Find the difference between the masses of the two groups. Thanks so much for listening to me. You are indeed brilliant students, and I hope we can meet again in the next episode as we shall discuss more on interesting and exciting topics in physics. You are amazing students. Until we meet again. Bye-bye. This content was prepared by teacher Wani Alfred and voiced by Romeo Ronald Lomora. To find more about Gogol's ICT initiative, please visit our website at gogol'sict.org and Please check these podcasts and later ones on our SoundCloud account or reach us via info at or through our Facebook page. Content is made possible with support from Rock Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation and the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, BMZ.
1: Hello learners, welcome to Classroom on Phone series, Google's Learning Podcast, a pre-recorded learning program where learners are taught science subjects with the aim of enhancing the love and practice of science in students. I am your teacher, Abao Betty, and today... We are going to talk about Primary 5 science under the topic health education. We'll discuss the ins and outs of personal hygiene and offer you a special surprise at the end. Be sure to listen all the way through for the details. Dear learners, have you ever gotten up early in the morning and observed your faces and teeth in the mirror? Yes! What do you see on your face? I know, clever students like you always see your faces in the mirror first thing in the morning. Is it clean or dirty? Yes, many times after a night of sleep, our skin can collect dirt dust and bed bags from our pillows, bed sheets and within your room, which is your environment. That's why we have to wash our faces first thing in the morning and bath to remove that to feel fresh and clean, hence the talk of our topic today, personal hygiene. Personal hygiene is how you care for your body, and it includes bathing, washing your hands, brushing your teeth, washing your clothes, and cutting your fingernails. Why? So that we don't get jams and become sick. Okay? Parents, please, guide your children on this activity. This activity needs you to have a mirror, a pen, and a book. Simple, right? Yes. Are you excited like me? Yes. Yes, of course you are. Now, here we go. Tomorrow in the morning, when you wake up first thing, get a mirror and see your face. What do you see on your face? Write for me what you see in your book. I will come and visit you at home and see what you have written down. Okay? Good! Next. Let's look at what we call oral hygiene. Why do we always brush our teeth and clean our mouth very early in the morning and before going to sleep? I know, smart students like you already know the smell of our mouth before brushing. Now, imagine not brushing. How do you feel? Comfortable or uncomfortable? uncomfortable right yeah! yes many times when we don't brush our teeth and clean our mouth our mouth can smell bad a bacteria will grow in your mouth and our teeth will start rotting, paining and sometimes it will remove then you remain with a and who will want to remain with Abunyarama? We all don't want it, right? <laughs> That's why when you wake up in the morning, first thing, brush your teeth, rinse, clean your mouth with fresh clean water, or before going to sleep, so as we can have fresh breath. When it's sweets, please brush your teeth so that we, we can keep our mouth clean. Make sure you brush your teeth twice daily, Cleaning the corners of your mouth thoroughly after eating sweets or food so that harmful bacteria do not grow in your mouth. Wash your mouth with water after food and after eating sweets. Guggle with warm salt water. Again, another interesting activity after this song. Brash brush every day. Every day to chase away, to chase away bacteria, bacteria. Now, again, another interesting activity too early in the morning and before going to sleep. Parents, please guide your children on this activity. This activity needs one, a pen, two, A book, three, toothpaste, four, a toothbrush, five, clean water in a cup. Okay, let's start now. Make sure your hands are all clean. Step one, first thing in the morning, before brushing your mouth, hold your left Hand close to your mouth and nose, then breathe out. Write for me in your book the smell of your breath in your mouth. Repeat the same activity before going to sleep without brushing your teeth. Write for me in your book the smell of your breath in your mouth. I will visit you at home to mark my answers. Okay? You have been interesting and amazing students today. And so far, we have seen what personal hygiene involves after cleaning our faces and teeth first thing in the morning and before we go to sleep. Now, let's end today's lesson with my most interesting activity. I'm sure you are going to enjoy it just like me. (laughs) Parents, please guide your children on this activity. This activity will take one day, so please enjoy what you need to successfully do this activity. One, an egg. Please boil it for 12 minutes. Parents, please guide your child not to get burnt. Two, a toothpaste. Three, 4. Coca-Cola 5. A clean container with a lid or cover 6. A pen 7. A book to write down And these are the instructions 1. Boil an egg for 12 minutes and leave it to cool 2. Place the egg in a Coca-Cola for a day 24 hours 3 take the egg out on the next day 4 how does it look like write what you see in your book and talk about why should we keep our teeth clean with your family 4 take a toothbrush with a little paste and then brush your egg and rinse it with a clean water What do you see? Write for me in your book. Answer for me the following questions based from the above activity. 1. Why should we keep our teeth clean? 2. How can we keep our teeth clean? Wow! Thank you for being active and attentive students. If you have not finished your activities, please do so within five days. I will be coming to visit you at home after five days to mark my work. Thank you so much for listening to me. Hope we can meet in the next episode as we discuss more on this interesting subject of health education you were amazing students till we meet again i will still remain your teacher about betty this content was prepared by Abba betty of saint thomas primary school and voice by maury christie
0: to find more about Google's ICT initiative, please visit our website at Googlesict.org and please check these podcasts and later ones on SoundCloud account or reach us via info at gogolsict.org or through our Facebook page. The content is made possible with the support from Rogue Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation and the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, (BMZ).
1: Hello learners, welcome to Classroom on Phone series, Google's Learning Podcast, a pre-recorded learning program where learners are taught science subjects with the aim of enhancing the love and practice of science in students. I'm your teacher, Dina Samuel, and today we are going to talk about Prima 5 Mathematics under the topic Numbers. Well... We'll discuss the ins and outs of Cardinal and Ordinal numbers and offer you a special surprise at the end. Be sure to listen all the way through for the details. Hello learners, have you ever played Bori Boru game? Yeah! I know active peoples like you should have played this game with your friends at home or at school of course. Now, imagine having two groups at home to compete with. That is Group A, which has four members: have KG, a book, May, and Mary. Then Group B also has four members: Sadia, Pony, a bull, and a chore. Interesting, right? Yes! Now, let's play the game. Group A and B need to decide who will start the game, and in this case, Group B will be the one to start throwing the ball. Yes! Sadia and Achol will start throwing the ball for Group A. From Group A, May was the first to enter in the middle starting playing the game from Group A. Mary was the second. Abu, The third and KG, the fourth to play from group A. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes! Of course. Smart people like you must be thinking like me. Now, the position of May, Mary, a book, and KG are what we call Ordinal Numbers. Repeat after me, please. Ordinal numbers. Ordinal numbers. Ordinal numbers tell us the position of group A. Say what? Group A, and that is first, second, third, and fourth are the ordinal numbers. Ordinal numbers. May played for 15 minutes and won six points for her group A. And the points that May won are one, Two, three, four, five, and six for her group. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes! I know you already know what I'm thinking. The points that may want that is one, two, three, four, five, and six are what we call cardinal numbers. And why do you think we call them Cardinal Numbers? Intelligent peoples like you know the answer. Yes! We call them Cardinal Numbers because they are counting numbers. So, if you count from 1 to 100, those are called Cardinal Numbers. Till now, we have learned about Ordinal Numbers and Cardinal Numbers. I want us to do something together with you. Please write for me the days of the week in ordinal numbers, starting from Sunday to Friday. Again, it's time to play and have fun with your friends at home. Which other game do you know? Is it football, skipping rope, netball, or something else? Here are our instructions to win this activity. 1. Get your pen and book ready to write your points. 2. Yes, I know you always play with your friends. 3. Please, inform your friends today and form your groups. 4. On the next day... It's time for you to play with them. Five, play with your friends and write for me the two different groups you'll have and their names. Six, then write for me the ordinal and cardinal numbers of your game. I will come and visit you at home and find out how you enjoyed playing your best games with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to me. We hope we can meet in the next episode as we discuss more on this interesting subject and play more with Mark. You were amazing people. Still we meet again. This content was prepared by Dina Samuel of Monuki East, Pre and Primary School and voiced by Maury Christie
0: To find more about Google's ICT initiative please visit our website at gogirlsict.org and please check these podcasts and later ones through our SoundCloud account or reach us via info at gogglesicte.org or through our Facebook page. The content is made possible with the support from Rogue Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation and the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, BMZ. Hello learners, welcome to Classroom on Phone Series, a GoGos learning podcast, a pre-recorded learning program where learners are taught science subjects with the aim of enhancing the love and practice of science in students. I'm your teacher, Sokiri Kennedy, and today we are going to talk about mathematics and the topic matrices. We'll discuss the ins and outs of matrices, offer you a special surprise at the end, and be sure to listen all the way through for the details. Hello learners, have you ever been in the market to buy items such as vegetables, compared their prices in different days? I know active students like you actually love helping your parents, you should have of course been to the market and bought many things for different prices in different days. So prices of items keep on changing in the market, right? therefore the number of items and their respective prices can also be represented in a form of matrices so we will be able to find the total number of items both and the total prices for the items using the basic mathematical operations of addition and the subtraction now what is actually a matrix so a matrix is a rectangular array arrangement of numbers imagine in your classroom students sit in rows and columns right yes that arrangement is the array form of students sitting in a rectangular class and that forms a matrix can we all reflect on our sitting arrangement in class Mm -hmm. as brilliant students i know we're all able to remember our class arrangements very well A matrix is enclosed by large curved brackets. Each number of the array is called an entry or an element. So a matrix can have any number of rows and columns. So rows are across the page that horizontal and columns are actually vertical. I know we remember that very well. So, matrices are often used to store information which can later be manipulated using the basic to pronounce or to produce the required result. So, for example, if you buy 8 exercise books and 2 pencils and your friend Mary and Jane buys 10 exercise books and 6 pencils and 4 exercise books and 1 pencil respectively, then this information can be 8, 2, 1. 0 6 4 1. A matrix is named by a capital letter 8 2 1 0 6 4 1. Here, then let's look at the order of actually a matrix. Here, we use the number of rows and number of columns to describe the size or order of a matrix. Okay? So let's say. Also we actually have square matrix. So what is actually a square matrix? Can any of you tell me what a square matrix is? As smart mathematicians, I know you must be thinking, well, if the number of rows in a matrix equals the number of columns, the matrix is called mm-hmm now you guys you know very well actually what a square is if you can remember in terms of polygons a square is basically that shape which has all its sides equal so if you actually have an equal number of rows in a matrix and equal number of columns so that's basically going to be uh mm -hmm, something i want to introduce to us is compatibility in addition and subtraction of matrices so Let's look at when we add or subtract matrices. So matrices can only be added or subtracted if they are of the same order. The resulting matrix will also have the same order. So matrices can be added or subtracted by adding or subtracting the corresponding elements or entry of the matrices. For example, then we add column by column, that is column one in matrix P plus column one in matrix Q. Just say if we numbed them those letters. Okay. So let's do a simple matrix addition here and the same applies to subtraction in column one in P minus column one in Q. Okay. So let's actually try to go and have some time for fun and learn more about of this in our activity. So if you and your friend Mary purchased vegetables for two weeks, in the first week your purchase was at Munuki Market as follows. 10 onions and 15 onions for £45 each, 7 tomatoes and 6 tomatoes for... 50 pounds each 9 carrots and 8 carrots for 85 pounds each respectively the second week purchase was at custom market as your friend Mary purchased 12 onions 11 tomatoes 2 carrots and you purchased 8 onions 7 tomatoes 5 carrots The cost of each onion, tomato, and carrot in the second week is actually 40 pounds, 60, and 80 pounds, respectively. The above information can be represented in a table as follows. You put week one, okay, then you put onion, you put tomato, you put carrot. So can we draw a table that, that, that way, by the way? Then, under week one, you'll have you, of course, and then Mary. Now, under onions, you know that under week one, you, for you bought 10 onions. And Mary bought 15 onions. So, under week, under, uh, under onions, you're going to put 10 and then 15. Then, under tomatoes, still on the same floor, You are, of course, buying, or you bought seven tomatoes. Mary bought six tomatoes. And then for carrot, you bought nine, and then Mary bought eight. So we can present all this information on a table. Now, week two, which is, of course, going to just be under week one directly, you're going to say, you bought eight onions, Mary bought 12 onions. You bought 7 tomatoes. Mary bought 11 tomatoes. You bought 5 carrots. Mary bought 2 carrots. Okay? And then what you're going to do is that you draw a different table now for the prizes. Okay? That means you're going to have prize for each week 1 on the other side week 2 the other side all on the same same row okay now let's check the column here uh for price for each under price for each please put onions then tomato then carrot of course this is what actually you bought then let's see week one what are the prices for onion tomato and carrot so under week one you're going to say eh, straight on the same on the same row with onion, you're going to say 45 because that's how much it costed in week one. And the tomato, which is going to be directly uh, for week one, you're going to have 50. And on the same row for carrot, you're going to have 85. Then on week two, onion costed 40, tomatoes costed 60, carrot costed 80. Right? Now let's look at this addition. So the total number of vegetables purchased for the two weeks are going to be Let the matrix of the vegetables bought in the first week and the second week, be A and B, respectively. So this is matrix A plus matrix B, right? Aha! Now the total number of vegetables you purchased in two weeks is going to be 875. Did you get that? How many more onions and carrots were purchased in the first week? Than the second week. So first. Represent the number of onions and carrots. Purchased in the first week. And those in the second week. And get their difference respectively. Right? So we are going to have. Just as it is. 109. 158. Then for week 2. 851. And then 22. So you are just going to. Put them in actually uh, the 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 way they are on the table. So, like for instance, you have onions. You had ten, and then you had fifteen. Hello, Lance, I know you should have shared enough sharing uh, is caring. They say, right? Yes, I know you must have listed some items and their prices and we'll be able to find their sum and difference using matrix method. Until now, we have learned that we can represent a given information and array form using matrices. We shall later learn how to multiply and divide matrices which comes as a topic of next time, but now I have an activity to give you. You are to identify three families namely your family A, your friend's family B, and then C. Record the number of males and females in each of the family. So you should now be able to represent the information obtained in form of matrices. So find the total number of male and females in the three selected families. Find the difference between the number of numbers, the number of members of family C from the total number of members in family A and B. Discuss with your family. I will come and visit you at home and ask you questions. Thank you so much for listening to me and hope to meet you in the next episode as we shall discuss more of this subject of mattresses. No doubt you are amazing students till we meet again. To find more about Gogols ICT initiative, please visit our website at gogolsict.org and please check the podcasts and later ones on our SoundCloud account or reach us via info at gogolsict.org or through our Facebook page. This content was prepared by Teacher Sokiri Kennedy and voiced by Romeo Ronald Lomora. The content is made possible with the support from Rock Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation, and the German
1: Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development.